0: calling Deep Dive. Uh, And uh, this is Ask the Masters. Um, I'm Dave from Fluid Dynamics uh, and we got a really, really cool project today. I actually have not seen this presentation. Rick has done it a number of times. Uh, But the pool that you see on the screen is going to be amazing.
1: And uh, this is Rick with Red Rock Contractors and also with Ask the Masters. And we've also got, just so everybody knows, we got Art Minty. He is one of the, uh, well Art, actually put your speaker on and just introduce yourself before we uh, get moving. Okay, hello. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Dave and Jason, for having us all on today. I'm Art Minty. I'm the Senior Director of Technical Services with Lady Creek International. And uh, we're looking forward to uh,
0: learning exactly what Rick did here with this build. It looks great.
1: And, Jason, if you want to introduce yourself, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm Jason Jovag with uh, Aquatic Glazing International. Uh, We do underwater pool windows. Uh, We supplied and installed the three viewing panels that are shown on the project here with Rick. Uh, Look forward to talking to you guys about the windows and how that interfaces with the pool structure as well as the waterproofing systems. The whole point of this whole time is for uh, for us to walk you through step by step from the design process all the way through construction and to really give everybody kind of a thorough understanding of some of these really highly complex projects and and some of the challenges and and the goal is to uh, to better all of us. Um, Like I said earlier, I'm very much looking forward to this. I have not seen this presentation myself. And so I'm I'm here uh, as a participant as well to learn. So, um, go ahead and take it away, Rick.
1: Hi, I'm Rick Chafee with Ask the Masters. We are going to do pool construction deep dive where we dive into what it takes to do the entire process of a certain project or not. This one is a rooftop pool project with acrylic panels and all glass tile, lotner edge details, kind of making it as complicated as we could. Uh, make sure if you want to keep getting more of this information, get on our Facebook page or go to our YouTube channel and link and, and subscribe. So. As we get moving forward, the project in the foreground is the one we're going to cover. Um, we've won a couple awards with it. We've been on magazine covers with it. Um, although it's a fairly simple shape and design, it's got a lot of complex details. And so we thought we'd bring it to the forefront and walk through the construction. Uh, anybody that's got questions or wants us to stop throughout the process, make sure you're chatting with Dave. He'll let you come in and kind of see what's going on. Um, one of the first things we want to talk about is, is, this is what we would consider architecturally integrated water features. and so. When we start getting at this level, you are going to manage a bunch of different things and the playing field changes slightly. So one is you're usually part of a much bigger team. You're not in a backyard pile of dirt. Client calls, hey, here you go, free slate, work it out. Um, You are going to get usually like this project involved slightly too late. Um, There's somebody's dream already scratched on paper or the concept on paper. I'll show you some of that on this project. Um, Your risk and liability can be considerably higher. Obviously you have uh, exact or connected directly to some architecture or you're above living spaces or adjacent to living spaces. Water leaks and, and other things that would be normally simple problems to manage or not even not- noticeable because you're below grade become highly uh, problematic and can be very costly. As well as you get into monetary situations, the glass tile interior of this has got white, gla- white um, gold mixed into it. It's all C- seaches. I'm sorry, Basaza tile. Um, Massive amount of expense in the tile alone, if we had to redo it or had problems with it, you can imagine the cost to do that. Um, The other big key item that that people tend to overlook is the amount of time and supervision, as well as the extent of the overall project length. This project took us about 18 months. That wasn't continuous construction, that was pieces and parts over a long period of time. So sometimes you gotta be careful even in your contract details to make sure that you can manage cost increases, labor increases, um, these projects can take a very long time and also you are affecting a lot of other schedules involved. So you usually have to be able to move and, and jump around quite a bit quicker or more dynamically, at least. So just to give, I want to show a couple pictures of this. We also did the water features in the front, but I want to give you a little perspective on the overall project. This is finished details of the front, extremely contemporary. The lines are very strong horizontally. Um, we, we needed to tie into that to make sure our project fit. So having some understanding of design and architecture is, you know, relatively important too, to make sure that's part of your team. Um, Nice views. We got a lot of, lot of edge details on this project often found in very modern designs like this. So the project in place is, is this image in the background that you see now. So, a couple extra columns, Um, typical project like normal, we got called in a little late. Construction had started. Design was mostly started on the house. The details were fine with the house and we got the typical pool by others kind of drawing. Um, we were asked to give a quote to build this pool based on two drawings I'm going to show you. This is the first one that shows a pool on the roof um, next to a tanning deck. And the next page, next piece of information we had was this one, which is a cross section of that swimming pool. Um, that pool is one foot deep. And that spa is one foot deep, not gonna be much of a swimming pool, but it is a pool on, a, on the architect's plan and it's a pool in the dream of the client. Um, so expectations are we can build a pool in this place, but you can imagine the only way we could do it based on this cross section was to build up or, or build it above this and make it considerably deeper to make it useful. Um, we actually were able to get in a little bit early enough, even though they're under construction to actually re- redesign and re-engineer the entire structure so that the pool itself was its own structural component. Um, that allowed us to get the maximum amount of depth and maintain the balance of horizontal line work and, and you know, and strong detail lines of the architecture railings, that kind of stuff on the back of this house where this pool sits. This is actually the private pool and spa for the master suite, which is the entire second floor of the uh, little tiny house we're working on. Um, he's got another huge play pool and pool for the the rest of the property. So one of the, Key players that gets us involved or helps us in projects is the ability to model um, these kind of projects. So we we could easily start working with. You'll see in this first modeling image that we started early on. We were trying to work on the existing structure. You can see it below our our uh, building of our pool in this in this simple model. But as you can as you start, if you notice as we when we tied it back to the rest of the architecture, it became very chunky and thick based on. Majority of the exterior decks that wrap the back of the house are one inch, th- one foot thick with a glass railing, and so we we then came back to the owner with this concept, an early concept. It got refined a little bit from here, um, but we came in to match thickness of the rest of the balconies, glass glass acrylic pa- or acrylic panels for for windows instead of a, a solid wall to allow us to kind of mimic the rest of the architecture, and so. You know, having some of those design capabilities is, is super helpful and we are able to get the owners highly involved and start to understand why we couldn't price um, a pool that we had with a with a one foot deep swimming pool sitting on top of some structure that wasn't technically engineered for it. So um, This will give you an idea of kind of where the structures got to. We were able to increase the foundation loading on the columns in the bottom um, that you see here. So that allowed us to make sure that we could support our structure, but we we had them hold back the balance of their structure. Here's another image from a different direction. Those outside columns you see to the right, um, they'll actually be, Dave, can you guys see my mouse when I'm on my screen? I can, you know, let me do this. I can actually highlight them. So. Um, so we can't these, see it. these columns here are actually gonna support that swimming pool. Um, and we held back the deck away from there as well to make sure we could support it with our, own, with our own shell itself. And then we actually tie the deck back in and we'll cover some of those details as well. Um, one of the unique things about this project in, in comparison to most of the rooftop pool systems we do, usually we're building the rooftop pool with inside of another structure. Um, that gives us a huge benefit of extra waterproofing layer. Um, and and some ability to work as a pool builder with more convention, meaning we don't have to support our structure and do shoring and a bunch of other techniques. And we get an entire primary layer of waterproofing that is not part of the pool. Now in this project, we didn't have the uh, luxury of having the extra space. So we ended up with our structure being the only structure in place. So we only had the waterproofing that we could provide.
0: Now, let's dive into that a little bit more, sure. Rick. Um, uh, just talk about double containment. And, you know, so people that don't build over structure don't really necessarily understand, number one, why that's so critical. Uh, and, and number two, um, you know, really what it is. So uh, can you kind of talk a little bit more about what, what, what a typical, you know, you were brought in late on this one. So you had to deal with what you had to deal with. But uh, if you had been brought in early enough, how would you have done this, the design on this?
1: Now, funny enough, on this one, we might not have completely changed design tactics because we didn't have much thickness to work with as far as structure. But what Dave's basically talking about, normally we would build a primary substructure that would be an entire concrete shell or some sort of concrete structure that was primary to the swimming pool. Nothing to do with the pool No penetrations through it if I ideally, so there's no plumbing in it, there's no holes in it other than a couple for drains, et cetera. Sometimes we have to bring um, larger plumbing members into that, but we build an entirely containment structure. Think of a big rubber liner bath or swimming pool that we then build another swimming pool inside. Um, That allows us to first, if we can, create a big waterproof structure. It allows us to tank test that entire structure before we do any work to know that we don't have water leaking into the architecture. Um, Anytime we do a pool that's above living space for sure, it gives us multiple layers to help protect the entire structure and ideally test ability. The one, the tough thing when we work with acrylic panels, Jason's working, he's on the line but he's also working on a project in LA with us, with big acrylic panel walls you lose the ability to do any tank testing because you're missing a wall that would hold the water. So waterproofing becomes even that much more important And, and as anybody knows waterproofing does, all it takes is a small failure or small hole somewhere to create a problem. And so we want to, we want layers upon layers upon layers. And so we're going to go through that on this job too. Even though we didn't have a containment vessel that was our primary waterproofing, we did a number of different waterproofing um, processes to make sure we minimized any chance of a water leak. So um, the image we have on the screen now gives you an idea. So this house was all drawn in two D. Uh, meaning they didn't have a model of it. We actually had to come in and actually model the entire structure for our purposes as well because as you're going to see when we go through this, there's a ton of interaction problems with structure and plumbing. Um, You know, a lot of plumbing can be rerouted. This is a Lautner edge perimeter overflow. Gravity lines are extremely difficult to reroute or move around, so we got to be critical of that. Um, Projects also switch and change gears. If you look in the back corner of this project, you'll find that we've got equipment up on the top deck. That's where equipment was originally gonna be. As we moved through the project, equipment ended up downstairs in a room around the corner. So we continued to modify. But as you can see in this model, we've actually modeled in every bar joist, all the beams, all the structures, so we can actually build our pool around it. And this is just a stripped section of that swimming pool. Those those kind of details are critical to what we do. um, And I think it really helps us start to understand how many other people we have to involve and what's going on. Um, I also want to show a little bit, this is just some couple cut sections. We are also dealing with weight issues. And so what we end up doing on weight confined situations, we use a lot of foam and and filler materials instead of all concrete. And so obviously we had the structural engineer. Um, Everything was completed by a structural engineer before we got started. But I also want to make the point that we don't always want to copy or, or follow our structural engineering details. I want you to look at this initial detail provided by a structural engineer. We've got a 12 inch thick concrete shell and we've got an acrylic panel that needs a rebate. They initially wanted to design this with what we called a cantilevered section. The problem is look at what concrete we got left with. It got extremely difficult to manage how much concrete was left and get steel coverage. And so we actually had to, re- even though this was stamped and signed already, we went back to them and asked them to redesign and re-engineer so that we had a much more, uh, much better structure to work with. So as you can see in here, we've actually changed what we would consider cantilevered, meaning when we deal with a cantilevered panel section, it's supported only on the bottom, even though it might be supported by the sides. The bottom is holding this entire panel. The sides are there just just for uh, or for convenience. In this setup, we actually had a three-sided panel support because we supported it on the columns and that just changed some of the details. Um, every project will be different. The, the point of those two images was to point out uh, that you have a structural engineer involved that doesn't mean blindly follow their lead make sure you're walking through it we had a couple other structural issues too that we wanted to have them change um, and we ultimately did and there's another one in this same image the way they wanted to tie our structural deck to the back of our pool and i'll show you what we changed there as well Um, some of those are critical things that that even though it was engineered would have been a big problem for us to work on later so we also, I'm just showing these two images not to get deep into what's happening, but essentially we also didn't want to put any plumbing in our floor. We had, we had only 12 inches to work with and we certainly didn't want to provide any horizontals or any penetrations through that floor system. And so all of our return systems all of our, and all of our drain systems are all in what we call toe kick drains. You've seen us do that in spas quite a bit. We actually did that in the Baja shelf of the pool and also the toe kick of the spa so that there was absolutely no penetrations or any plumbing within the floor structure, other than the last minute change of putting gas out into these columns and the builder not having any ability to get to these columns. We let them run one horizontal sleeve for gas through the center of each, through the center of this pool in a couple places, which ultimately ended up being a problem for them short term. So we'll talk about that when we get to the waterproofing side, but essentially they provided a means of of a a change in thickness of our floor of our pool, which then created a a a tiny little crack and water that was getting into the fire system columns was then trickling out of the ceiling as if the pool was leaking. So ultimately it healed itself because of some of the waterproofing systems we used and wasn't something from the pool. So it didn't end up critical, but it's very important that we manage that. So um, that's one of the reasons we hadn't, because we only had a 12 inch floor, we didn't put any plumbing in our floor. Um, The other thing, when we get into architecturally integrated structures, meaning equipment inside inside rooms are in very tight spaces, the modeling software gives us an extreme amount of ability to get multiple sections and cut sections and details throughout the whole process. And so not only do we know where our structures sit, we can slice through the structure just about anywhere. As you can see in here, we've taken out the plumbing for right now, but you can see where the penetrations come through the wall we can actually cut that section for, for our plumber and identify every pipe and elevation. So when they come in the room, we can keep them on the wall where they belong and have a nice streamlined set of system of plumbing. And we can replumb this room a dozen times before the plumber gets here. So we can make sure that we can fit the valves and the T's. And this one's got a lot of complicated details with spas and jets and et cetera. So there, there's a lot to be said for getting a proper modeling software involved on, on heavily detailed and architecturally integrated type projects
0: and just to interrupt again uh, i love that picture right there that you just pulled back up um the amount of penetrations that come through uh you know oftentimes that is a load bearing wall and so oftentimes you are pushing you're sending that to the engineer and the engineer is saying you know hey that that spacing is too tight we need to you know we need to move some of the pieces and and they're starting to look at rebar spacing and that so um this becomes such a hypercritical piece um, another reason why bringing somebody in uh, early in the process becomes such a critical element.
1: Absolutely. Um, And somebody asked, what do we use for modeling? So this is a BIM type product. It's called Revit. Um, It gives us the ability to integrate with most of the higher end architects that are working in it. And it allows us to model pipe fitting, plumbing, every part and piece. So we're not just sort of making a four inch pipe. We're actually using a four inch 90, a 12 inch 90, a six inch T. It's, It's unsurmisable how big some of those pieces are. And when you put it on paper as a line, you can't use that to work from and, and see what it, how it interacts and, and the, the ability to cross section and cut anywhere you need to and find where you have interaction problems. And so what you'll see here um, in this video, in a second, um, we can actually work to find where we're gonna have interaction problems. You're gonna see in this video, I didn't cha- we didn't change this video yet. You'll see where we have drain lines that actually start running into bar joists and beams. And so obviously we can't do what's in this image. So we had to then get a different layout from the engineer on where we can put bar joists and where we can put our plumbing. But it really allows us to get almost identical size of the equipment we're gonna use, the plumbing we're gonna use and get them located. And it allows us to move that video back and forth and stop it and figure out where these conflicts occur, go back to structural engineers give them the same model, they can figure out how they can work around what we need to work around. So extremely powerful software, um, very helpful to do what we're trying to do um, and really helps the the entire team. And it, lo- it also helps for changes and, and things you run into in the field and how to how to transmit that information between parties. So so here we are, now that we're past the, the, uh, the design kind of pieces, we're getting into how we constructed this pool. Um, one of the design parameters, you got to remember when we're doing this type of pool, if we don't have a, a primary vessel to work within, um, we have to create a shoring system. And so this shoring system in its own right is engineered and designed to manage the construction process. So we obviously can't manage much deflection. We're going to put a ton of weight on top of here with all the concrete, all the men um even obviously this will be gone before water but we all, we have to engineer and design this in order to make it safe to work on and safe to construct and, and i actually posted on our ask the masters facebook page six months ago or so a video of a huge deck collapse um, and many guys got hurt some got killed because the entire structure below them collapsed underneath them when they're putting the concrete weight and, and concrete's such a dynamic material it's not just weighted it's weighted it's wet it's flexible and usually it gets vibrated dramatically Vibrators cause havoc on forms and shoring and engineering processes. So you got to be very critical to make sure that this is not guesswork. This is structurally engineered shoring system um, that's put in place for us to work for. We basically call that a dance floor platform. And that's also because it's the finish of the bottom of our pool. We've used brand new laminated plywood veneer material so that the finish on the underside of this is very clean without without ripples and wet wood. And it can take rain like you're looking at today, the, the one day it rained that year in Arizona, you can start to see the structure where it's going to kind of sit behind the pool, the column structures coming through and how and where we're going to start building our pool. It's actually cold that day, we're wearing jackets too. we did, prior to us even having the final pool design done, we were not sure what was happening in any, of these, in any of these columns. So you can see we've got a ton of plumbing in these columns that we only used one or two of. But before they erected the columns up, we did slam a bunch of concrete in there, or our extra plumbing, electrical conduits, et cetera. 90% of it came from another location um, anyway, so it didn't matter, but it was very easy to put that in. The other design change we had them make quickly for us, these beams that are in the, in the, in the background here these were three foot deep beams originally and, this, and the bar joist sat on the top of the board joist was sitting on top of the beam instead of the uh, instead of it sitting on a stand. We needed to run our gravity plumbing through here. So again, the modeling software picked that up for us quickly and we were able to get them to re-engineer these to be heavier and shorter so that we could still carry the weight, but we could run around and get on top of them. So, um, you know, you got to be looking at everybody's pro- process and every part of the project to figure out some of those things so that don't bite you. Um, so we did this this project again because waterproofing was so critical. Our floor structure was also structurally very critical and had some reasonable amount of steel. Um, and we wanted no voids and no no issues. We actually did this as a two process concrete structure. So we cast the floor um, as we as we would any type of cast concrete. Vibrated it and prepped it um, and left it so we could come back and do a secondary shoot on top of it. Um, a couple of things I want you to recognize that you see in this picture. One is notice it's Arizona. It's not raining anymore, but my concrete is nice and wet. We water cured this concrete from the go. Um, we do that with all of our shotcrete and, and concrete structures. Gets us massive amount of extra strength and better curing, less shrinkage cracks, all of those. Um, you'll also know we have some of our plumbing kind of in place already. We got some of our suction plumbing in place. We did that so we didn't have to try to hold our toe, our toe kick um, drains and stuff as as which is gets hard to do when you're doing all of it once. Um, We certainly should have had rebar caps on all of our rebar up here, so I'll take some criticism. In the very foreground, this is not the swimming pool. This is actually a planter. Um, You'll also notice we've left the perimeter concrete kind of at an odd rough angle um, and very rough for that matter. Um, We're going to come back with shotcrete. We want to make this a single shotcrete um, monolithic piece of concrete. And so we leave this in at least a certain... concrete surface profile of a four if we can or six or eight. We This is up to a ten. We want as much teeth that we can jam in here to get this to work. So the other thing we've done, we did, I'll show in a future picture, is where we actually did some other waterproofing techniques. Now the first part of our waterproofing system has already started. This entire floor and shell we ended up putting an internal waterproofing system. So in there we've got Kim, which is a crystalline internal membrane. There's multiple manufacturers of this type of product. Zypex has one. Many manufacturers do. This is a mix we actually put inside the concrete on the at the batch plant or on the job site. Um, it drastically affects set times. It does affect the ability to work with it for shotcrete. Um, you need to realize what you're dealing with. It's also fairly expensive. It, it adds anywhere from $75 to $100 per cubic yard um, to add this admixture, But the, the benefit of this mixture is it it 's pretty much live in the concrete it densifies the concrete from the get go and it also lives there inter in, or eternally so anytime we've get any kind of shrinkage crack or movement crack or moisture penetration into the concrete, it reacts with that water reacts with this, the uh, the chemicals left in the concrete, and actually seals those holes up so um, we have used this product actually very successful even on projects that were finished as cast, meaning we cast a water feature that's a box with no waterproofing, no no finished membranes that have cracked in the past. And, and this will literally seal up reasonable size cracks, not not a you know a quarter inch or a structural crack, but any shrinkage crack that let moisture move through. So this is our first layer. We did this both in our shot creed and also in the floor of our project um, to start our process of protecting our waterproofing the system from below. And this is actually the product that saved the general contractor, when his fire system drains that went through our floor were leaking, when the water would get inside the fire feature column, it would stand in that column and it would follow the edge of the pipe and then drip in the patio ceiling. As that started to happen, though, within days and about a week, it completely sealed that off and it could literally hold water from then forward and he didn't have any any repairs to have to do or any actual water leak. So great product this is one manufacturer there's multiple um you want to make sure you got compatibility between all the different processes that are about to happen but it's definitely one that we would recommend you get involved with um, in a project like this uh
0: a lot of these products are available in different configurations um and and a true integral um integral material you're either adding it to the the batch truck or they're adding it at the batch plant um and you want to make sure that that uh, if it's a liquid or a powder or whatever, that you let the batch people know, um, the engineers, the batch engineer, because they need to make their adjustments to water content and things like that in order to take this. Um, so, uh, but I know like uh, a lot of people get confused. Um, like Zypex makes a topical. Correct. And you're definitely not talking about a topical spray on that's after the fact. This is mixed in with the actual concrete itself uh, and it becomes a part of the internal matrix.
1: Absolutely. And Dave, you're correct. You cannot you cannot you can order kim for instance and put and have it on the job and just throw it in the truck but you absolutely do not ever 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 want to do that it completely affects flowability set times and all those things and and even water cement ratios so it definitely has to go back to the to the mix design to make sure it's designed to use these products inside Um, and also the field guys need to understand what's in there because it is going to affect how it how it works for them and so they got to react a little differently with shotcrete Um, the first time using it's definitely a uh, learning experience experience, but make sure you've worked with the Shot Creek company so they know, make sure you've worked with your batch plant if it's coming from the batch plant, whether you put it in or they put it in, um, it, it can reduce set times and it will change super plasticizer amounts and all those things. So make sure you're you're planning ahead to make sure that works. Um, we, we actually have in the foreground, just so you can see it, you can, there is what we're going to come back to later, a rebate for the glass for the acrylic panels here. And then there's a small drain rebate we put in as well. So. Um, as if water was to splash out, we can catch it in that drain. So, um, as we move forward, the one other thing we did on this job, which is certainly not re- required, but it was one of the things we were again, trying to add layer upon layer of waterproofing. And so we actually used a Sikaflex flex swell stop at our joint between our shotcrete and our, and our, our walls and our poured floor, um, we're, we're very well versed in doing multi-day shoots and we know that we won't have a waterproofing system there and we'll have a, com- a completely um, monolithic system. However, I like insurance. And so since we had a thick enough wall and we could put that material in, we, you do not want to use this material on the face of any concrete or close to any edges. It has extreme swell capacity. Um, it will swell well, well beyond its size, sometimes 400 times its size. And so it's also very powerful when it does that so we we would never use this if we didn't have the ability to put it between curtains of steel and have a a reasonable amount of coverage in front of it Um, it's a it's a same multiple companies make this type of stuff there's an adhesive primer to make sure you can get it glued down to the concrete so you don't blow it out and then it will sit in there and kind of live like the initial internal membrane and only take effect when it gets wet so Um, It's a very good product for for certain uses. You can you got to be really careful. Some guys will use a smaller piece of this around pipes before they backfill. You got to be super careful, though, if it gets wet and it swells, it can pop those. So you got to make sure you've got a good strength concrete and enough coverage that it can't, you know, basically blow out the wall or the face of the concrete. This will kind of show you where we've placed that you can see it behind the first curtain of steel here. Um, And as well, you can see this is the rebate. For where the acrylic is going to go. It looks smaller than, than reality because this section of concrete here is higher than the floor of the pool. And then this is actually a drain we made that we actually tied in. So if we splash water over the acrylic edge, we can grab that water and take it down in the drain. So we've got a stainless steel drain detail. We certainly have it properly bonded because it's near the pool. Um, and that just kind of shows you how that worked. And then we've glued this Sikaflex down the whole perimeter of our shock crete. So to give us a better um, clean finish and waterproofing membrane so this is eventually Rick, a question that
0: yep a question that came in um mm-hmm. is do we uh do you spray down with a colloidal silicate or that when you have an integral Zypex like kim so
1: i i think there's uh two schools of thought there um kim is going to kind of negate the ability for it to penetrate very far um if you use it colloidal silicate like cpsp or hydrolock or, or any of those but on this pool we absolutely did. I think we're getting very little benefit from it. Um, We poured it in once we finished the floor we did it there and once we shot the shell we did it again even though they both have the internal membrane. Um, They are fairly they are compatible with each other but the Kim is essentially going to stop. Most colloidal silicates if you've got a really fresh high pH concrete so really early into the concrete curing process that CPSP or or colloidal silicate will actually suck into the concrete three to six inches sometimes. Um, This in, in having Kim or a Zypex or something in internal waterproofing membrane, the penetration is significantly less. Um, however, it's a pretty inexpensive additive to do to a project. And so we absolutely used it on this project. I don't know if it did any good. We were very critical of making sure we stripped the surface at, you know, before we came back to do any more surface layers with the acrylic rebates or the waterproofing membrane so that we didn't have any film or buildup in the surface because we were concerned about that as well since it wouldn't penetrate much. Um, This, this ended up being our eventual uh, detail for our rebate for our windows and I wanted to bring it up as we start before we move too far ahead because I showed this upper section is where that drain will be. This is the wet section of the pool here. And we ended up with a rebate through here so we can support our acrylic panel. We've got some better details of that. I want to get into it yet. We'll do that with Jason here shortly, but we, we were able to create a much thicker section here. Um, in order to make sure that we didn't have a break in our concrete, which we expected we would with the original detail, had this section of concrete here only a couple inches thick. So um, that was one of the engineering changes we requested. So we're gonna. Get-